Let us say hello to Energized Cho, who I Oh, uh, the lads. You know these guys? Oh my god, do I know these lads. They have a great podcast. They come from Ireland. They speak to all the upcoming prospects in Irish MMA. Oh. These lads are right. the shit. I love them. Okay, right. let's see what they got. Energize show up the Irish. Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energized. Ross, introduce the guest, man. Today, we are joined by broadcaster extraordinaire. You might see her on ESPN, NFL on Fox, and the UFC from New Jersey by way of Las Vegas, America. It is the one and only Megan O'Leary. Megan, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I love that intro. I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I feel I feel like this is a historic moment. It is indeed. It, it is, is indeed. actually, yes. Um, I suppose for any of you guys who've been living under an energized rock, uh, if you didn't see our post on Instagram, we are joining the UFC family. We are going to be producing uh, content exclusively for UFC on Fight Pass. Massive deal for us. Barry, six years in the making. Um, surreal moments, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Um, th- look, it's been like six years of absolute graft. I mean, we've had Megan on before. We met Megan. It was so funny. We actually met Megan at UC 217 outside on the, in New York. And then like Ross eventually won the final expo. And then we were just talking all- offline there with Megan saying, like, who would have guessed you were now part of the UC family, which is unbelievable. Like, it's actually crazy. But Megan, you said you knew this was going to happen the whole time, didn't you? Well, you guys are always just really positive and I, you're good energy to be around and you work super hard. And I feel like that's the perfect, perfect recipe for success. So I'm just glad it, it happened to you too, because there aren't uh, better guys in this industry. Thanks so much, Megan. That's actually <laughs> really, really nice to say. Um, yeah. Megan, uh, quick question to start off. Obviously, uh, UFC took a bit of a break there and they were uh, back for, uh, for the first time this weekend. Obviously, you were doing your NFL duties. Um what was it like to have that break? Because I know you're a bit of a workaholic and you don't enjoy the breaks. Yeah, I didn't get a break um, because I went, I literally went from the last show that UFC had onto a red eye to an NFL game. Um, and then I worked NFL throughout the rest of the regular season. So this weekend, um, I was actually supposed to work this fight, but Heidi Andrew needed to switch um, schedules with me. So I actually got this weekend off, which was wild it's my first weekend off in a long time and pretty rare for me during football season to have an actual weekend off so now that the regular season's ended um I had I had this first fight off and then we go we hit the ground running of course with UFC 270 so for me I I prefer that way I like working even when I like go on a trip or go on vacation I end up feeling like I'm I don't know, like I'm, I should be doing something more productive for myself or for others. So it's, uh, it's good for me to keep it moving. It's, it, I don't know, it keeps my mind occupied and then I feel like a better version of myself. I love, I love that. I love that energy that you bring to the table as well. And Megan, we're not the biggest NFL fans in the world. (laughs) I, uh, sadly, uh, also support the the New York Giants. Like every time we, we got someone, I, I'm always like, I, I always thought like, I was like, maybe Saquon Barkley will bring us back to the glory days. Right. And it, it, uh, it just doesn't really happen. But um, we, we've also been up to MetLife Stadium before. We actually watched the New York football team play there. I, don't, I think that's their official NYC, title yeah, name. Uh, and the I know Washington they're in Jersey. Team, yeah. uh, no, no, we're talking the soccer, the New York City oh, football oh, team. Oh, oh soccer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, we watched them play at MetLife Stadium. And I was like, I was like oh, this is a, a bit weird. But uh, um, yeah, so... That's that's my team, but who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year, Megan? It's it's a good question. First of all, I grew up a New York Giants fan, so of course 
I'm with you there. Uh, you know, w- this year I, I talked to some of my colleagues with the NFL and it's like this year so evenly matched. It's one of those years where pretty much any team could get it. I think the Chiefs definitely have a great chance. I think the Packers definitely have a great chance. My husband is sitting not too far from here, so he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I'll say the Cowboys as well has given me a big nod. But um, <laughs> you know, they're the Rams. They're honestly, it's really hard to predict because these teams are stacked. They're all playing well. They've all sort of played each other and had interesting results throughout the regular season. So um, I don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, but I do think it's one of those years where it's going to be like a super competitive playoff series until that game as well. When anyone no, asks me, I would just say Tom Brady because uh, it's a safe enough bet. <laughs> well, he just they just beat the Eagles 30, uh, 31 to 15. Yeah, just, just like a minute ago. Yeah, so. bling, bling, all the ring. True. Kansas City are still in it, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. The Chiefs, I, just, yeah. I just I just know like everyone has something against uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson Mahomes. So brother, if he wins, yeah. I know the whole internet will blow up. So like that would be very funny. For, but for the NFL fans in listening to the show, make sure to let us know in the comments who you think is going to win. Uh, I'm a Cleveland Browns by nature, so uh, unfortunately we're not going to get the ring this year. But uh, what can you do? And no, also, I... go on, Megan. No, I was going to say I always enjoy working Browns games. They're they're a great organization. So I had I had one of their games earlier in this season. So I'm sorry for your, I'm sorry for your loss of not going to the playoffs. <laughs> oh, sorry, I won't take any offense this time, Megan. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just going to hit you with a random obscure Megan O'Leary fact that uh, Megan O'Leary has a master's from Fordham University, the same university that Vince Lombardi went to. That's very true. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then the Washington. Washington. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Snap. yeah, Ross knew that. Ross actually knew that. He said, "Yeah, well. yeah." I was like, I, 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 as a a wise woman once said, when it comes to interviews, research is key. I don't know who said it. It could have been someone called like I don't know, Schmegan or something like that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's key. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, well, just just before we get into the show, guys, if you are new to the show, make sure to like and subscribe and make sure to ch- be following UFC Fight Pass as well to see all the energized content coming through. Uh, Megan, like obviously the UFC just returned there over the weekend as Giga uh, Chikadze took on Calvin Catter, but the UFC is back. How excited are you for 2022 and the UFC's return? Oh my God. I, I think it's going to be every year we look at the UFC and we look at what the possibilities are and we say it's going to be the biggest year ever. And every year it kind of seems like we're right. Um, you know, each year at the end, uh, Endeavor and Dana, they all talk about this was the biggest year in the company's history. This was the biggest year in the company's history. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like 2022 can be the exact same thing. I think we've seen an emergence of stars come out in the past couple of years that uh, can now headline their own pay-per-views. They have casual fans talking. So I think especially with hopefully fingers crossed, we're all praying with the world maybe on an upswing towards a little bit more of normalcy. We can get back to taking shows on the road. We can get back to um, sort of our regularly scheduled programming and continue to just um, have these massive fights because I think in every weight class, there are things people are looking forward to, which maybe hasn't always been the case, not in the, not in recent years, but in years before that, I think there'd be times where it's like, oh, this is kind of stale or whatever. But there's so much to look forward to, so many names, so many fights, so many opportunities for the sport to continue to grow. So I'm, I'm super excited. Are you ever surprised by what the UFC do? You've obviously been there almost 10 years and like the evolution of the company itself is just phenomenal. Even the fight island. Like, is there any is there any chances the UFC could be having a fight on Mars this year? I think that's the only way it could be beaten. <laughs> I mean, really, I think I think being a part of a, such a forward 
moving company is always, you're always taught to think that anything is possible. So you always believe in what we're doing. I think when, when Fight Island was pulled off though, that was really like, whoa, this is on a different level. I still get asked about that all the time. Like if I meet people for the first time, they're like, oh, you're from UFC. What was Fight Island like? You know? So I think, I think that really proved what the company is capable of, what the athletes are capable of, what the production is capable of. So um, I, I, you know, sky's the limit. I sometimes, you don't know something's possible because you can't even imagine it until it happens. Like energized joining the team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it, it really, really is incredible to see what they do year on year and like how innovative they are, were, like the way that they rolled through COVID compared to everyone yeah. else. And like, you know, uh, I suppose a lot has to be said for Dana White. Like he, you know, he, he never wants to stop. He, he's an absolute workaholic, a bit like yourself. And, I think everyone in the world should be grateful for people like Dana White. They keep the world moving. Yeah, the whole company honestly takes on that persona. I think from all the employees that you don't get to see, um, who all work behind the scenes tirelessly, even the athletes who are ready and willing to step up on hours notice on any any continent around the world. I think it's it's sort of the attitude everyone who is a part of this has. And I also think it's why it's continued to have bigger and bigger years because no one wants to rest on their laurels. No one's okay with a plateau, whether it's in their own personal growth or in the company's growth. And I think that really is what you need to take everything to the next level continuously. And Megan, what are you most looking forward to in 2022 on a personal level? I know you've like flirted with going, doing some teaching stuff before. And then also in a UFC level, what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, I mean, in a UFC level, I just want to continue to tell these athletes stories. Um, I hope to, you know, continue to add a bigger and bigger role on broadcast, especially in the pay-per-view. Um, I've been doing a lot more sit-down interviews with, you know, our main eventers. And that, for me, is really important. There's a couple more projects that are coming out. Um, one of them comes out next week um, that I'm super excited about. It's all just for me. My goals are about becoming the best storyteller I can possibly be and give all of our athletes um, a platform for their incredible stories to be told. Because with over 600 athletes on the roster, things get overlooked, things we don't have enough time to highlight every single incredible moment of these people's lives. And so that's where I feel like I can come in and kind of make sure we shine some light on things that definitely um, deserve recognition. So that's, that's for me, my UFC goals. I mean, personally, um, you know, I just want to continue to keep working at the highest level. I love what I do for UFC. I love what I do for NFL, hopefully continue to grow those roles. Um, I got accepted into a doctoral program um, to get my PhD. So we'll see if I uh, end up doing that. If I do, it start in the summer. And um, yeah, just continue to see the world with my husband and just, I don't know, be a good person. Those, those are my goals. <laughs> go, go you, Dr. Olivia. I love it. That's right. I just think it would be like pretty badass. They'd have to call me that on the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, are you, are you surprised how far you've taken your career as well? Because like the, the most talked about show we've, myself and Ross have done has been with you as a guest. Everyone references that back. Like, are you surprised how far you brought your career? Because like, Every time you're innovating, innovating, even the way they've changed the new camera, when people are walking out, they walk in front of you and you never skip, miss a beat. Like it's, the, you're the best of the best. That's why the best of the best is on the show, Ross. Oh yeah. my God. I'm going to cry. You got that's really nice because to be honest, I think I probably am not very good at recognizing how far I have come or being 
happy with where I'm at because I'm constantly like looking forward. I feel like, like I told you, if I take a couple of days off, I, I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, and so I, I definitely need to work on, on recognizing the things I have achieved and being happy with them and proud of them instead of just being like, what else can I do to make things better and better and better? Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it's cool. I guess, I guess it's the same thing. It's like, well, I still don't really feel like I've done that much. So I just am like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this, this is on my list to accomplish. And if not, I'm a complete and utter failure in life. So <laughs> I have to get, I have to get better at all that kind of stuff. It's actually sort of funny because me and Barry were talking earlier. He was down in my house. And I, we were working out together because we're both absolute tank ledges. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that, obviously. Of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was saying, I was like, Megan's only in, in her like mid thirties, and she's actually achieved so, so much. Like she's actually only at the start of her broadcast career, realistically, and like yeah. it's absolutely incredible to see what you have achieved. And the other thing about mm-hmm. it is, you're actually most genuinely one of the nicest people you could ever meet. Like you always have so much time for everyone. It's actually incredible, incredible to see not only your success but your humbleness as well. Oh my God. Thank you. Well, I think the only thing we can really control is how we treat people. Right. And that's, that's the reference they're going to leave with is, okay, I met Megan once and she was nice to me, or I met Megan once and she didn't have the time of day. Now, sometimes when I'm at work and I have, you know, IFBs in and I'm running to my next thing, I can't like stop, but I don't know, like I wouldn't have a job if people didn't watch our broadcast. And, um, to me, that's everything. And I don't know. I just was raised to be no matter what, above all, like a good person with integrity. And that's what I try to be every single day, whether I'm personally having a good day or a bad day. I just that's that's how Joe and I live our lives. And hopefully people can see, you know, that is genuine and and it makes a difference to them because it makes a difference to us. A good Jersey girl and shout out to the dapper scrapper himself. (laughs) Megan, just another thing. What what is the what is the thing you like the most about working for the UFC? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's it's twofold. On a personal level, it's the individuals. Our broadcast team is so close. Myself, Daniel Cormier, John Anik, and Joe Rogan, we are all really good friends. We're like a family. Um, our producers, Zach Lappy and Mike, all we are all we're all really, really tight-knit group. We spend more time, especially especially during COVID, we spent more time probably with each other than we did sometimes with our own families from Fight Island for weeks at a time, you know, 24 hours a day and um, to the apex. It's it's definitely like, thank God we all love each other because if we didn't, <laughs> it would not be a good scenario. But I think, you know, so personally, I am indebted to all of them for their friendship and support. And it's just you're going to have a good day at work when you're going to go hang out with all of them, whether it's a production meeting or fighter meetings, whatever. And our athletes, they're the best. Like they give us as much as we want to give them. So it's, it's great. And then, you know, professionally, my favorite thing is just to be able to tell somebody something they didn't know on the broadcast or give them a reason to care when maybe they were not invested in a particular fight or fighter. So for me, those are the, those are the two things that like really make a difference and make me excited to get, go to work, whether it's a fight night, whether it's a giant pay-per-view, whether it's down the street from my house at the apex, or it's, you know, in the middle of the desert in Abu Dhabi, it's every week is different, but it's always the same that we just love our jobs. Megan, actually, tell us one thing about Joe Rogan, DC, and John Anik that people wouldn't realize. Um, well, they're all super funny. 
Um, so before the show, it's just like a madhouse in our dressing room. So it's the four of us, our makeup artist, Chris, and then Buffer, and then the ring girls are in and out. And it's just chaos, like hilarious chaos. They're all super funny. They are all extremely well-prepared. Like no matter what you hear on the internet or other things, um, <laughs> you know that John Cormier, Anik, Cormier. <laughs> you know, John Anik is a workhorse. Like he sets the bar for all of us. Um, and He's constantly like helping people with pronunciations, like right into the second the show starts. But, you know, Daniel is extremely well prepared, as is Rogan. They're constantly watching footage. They're watching fights. They're talking about things. They're demonstrating it on one another. Um, it's it is like the most fun rehearsal and our dressing room before the show. Like sometimes I think, man, if they film this, they would have the best reality show ever because we are just having the most fun and it's it's always also like helping each other professionally so even if it's like rogan and dc demonstrating things on one another or um anik and uh one of the desk analysts talking about stuff it's always like it always has this level of professionalism but it's always super fun as well yeah i can only i can only imagine what uh the room is like with those massive personalities in it but they all work so well and bouncy off yeah that's why i I know i know sometimes that people try and give like the commentary flack and stuff like that but like it's first of all like john anik is next to flawless like is an absolutely incredible job too and like joe rogan and dc are there to give their opinions you're not always going to agree with it and that's just life you know what i mean and that's the way the world is exactly and it's also a unique scenario that i don't think many other people really see it's a unique scenario that we are all on air for like eight hours. Other mm. sports, the games, I mean, when I work NFL, I'm like, oh my God, I'm done. Like it's the quickest <laughs> day ever. Um, you know, and like I'll work, I think I'm on the field like two and a half hours before the game starts and then through the game. So maybe it's six hours and that's it. We're, I'll be at the arena for, I don't know, 16 hours sometimes. So, you know, it can be a crazy day. Our broadcast team is on live television for like eight hours at a time. That's unheard of. Boxing cards, you don't have the same people calling the prelims as calls, the main card as calls, the main event. Um, you don't have that in baseball, football, hockey, anything. All those broadcasts are so much shorter. So to be able to not just call – 12 to 15 or 16 fights a night to talk about all the athletes, to continue to talk about and promote co-mains and mains throughout the night and not be repetitive and have new and different information. It is a broadcast skill that I, I don't think people really know until you are in the thick of it. It is so different and so so much more effort, work, and details than any other thing you will see on TV. Um Besides, I don't, I can't even think of something that would go for seven or eight hours. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely so much work and it's not always going to be perfect. It's live TV, but we're always striving for that perfection. So every show it's like, all right, this is our perfect show. And then it's not, but you know, we tried. <laughs> well, it, it always comes across as close to perfect as it can. And you know what, when anything ever does mess up and like, you know, something catches it, like it wasn't even from Joking Shot, but remember the ice spilled. It becomes an iconic moment when anything uh, bad does happen. Yeah. So, like, it lives on in our exactly. memories forever. Exactly. Um, Baz, were you going to hit us with some uh, UFC news? I was just going to say again, I, I can't believe we're actually part of the team now. <laughs> like, it's uh, it's just very, very surreal. And it'll, it'll take a long time for us to get used to it. But, uh, oh, don't we'll worry. Keep, we'll... Don't worry. 
you just got to do one show with all of us in person and then you'll you'll feel ready to go. Megan Megan will hold our hands when we get over to Vegas. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> well that's why that's why for everyone listening and who supported the show the whole way through or even if you're new to the show, uh, thank you very much. And make sure to like and subscribe and never miss any of Megan's work at Megan O'Levy on Instagram and Twitter. But the UFC is back. Uh, we, there is some news that just broke there over the weekend, and it is the announcement that Jorge Masvidal is taking on former best mate Colby Covington at UFC 272, Ross. When this was announced, like, friends, now foes, what did you make of that announcement, Ross? Well, I think, you know, you always look at your sort of end-of-the-year awards, and, you know, one of the uh, awards I always think is, like, rivalry of the year. And I think it's already been boxed off for 2022. This is a fight a long time in the making, um, Colby Covington has had to leave ATT over this uh, this rivalry and I can't wait to see this fight there's genuine animosity between them and no better p- two people to hype a fight than Jorge Masvidal and uh, Colby Covington it doesn't really get much bigger and better than this and it's great to see um, you know a non-title fight pay for you I actually quite like that going forward I think when you have enough star power between two guys put them in there for pay-per-view i think it gives the ufc more flex going forward as well when they do have your nate diaz's your jorge masvidal's and they're they're not fighting for a title you can put them in a, and you know what i don't think anyone wants to see that fight be three rounds either we want to see five rounds and you know ufc is a business at the end of the day. you can't be giving that fight away for on free tv Megan, are these the type of fights you look forward to the most? Like the ones with uh, the backlog, like former friends, now foes? I mean, yes and no, because I think sometimes for the for fights like this, we saw um, you know, we've we've seen other friends become foes who fought. And sometimes we can get kind of stuck on that. And that's Mm. all we talk about instead of their individual successes and what the stylistic matchup looks like and stuff and what it means for the division. So yes, I think it's fun. I think more than anything, I just really enjoy working when Jorge and Colby both fight. Um, So while I think it's going to be super fun to talk about this rivalry, I also think they're such talented fighters on their own, both when they were friends and when they're not, that that certainly can't get lost in the shuffle. Um, and this is big for the division as well. You know, they both lost to Kamaru twice and they both want to fight Kamaru again or whoever becomes champion. They want to kind of like stay in the wings. And I think this is really important for 170. And both of them can sell a damn fight. So I think five rounds with the lead up of, of both of their talking points is going to be incredible. But um, I don't think I like look forward to a rivalry any more than I look forward to two friends who are fighting. Because for me, it's like we never know what's going to happen out there. So they can say whatever they want. And sometimes it's more fun than other times in the lead up. But I think in terms of like actual fights itself, I'm I'm just always looking forward to um, the – the physical matchup. Yeah. The build up, the press conference for that should be pretty good as well, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always like an L soundbite from a press conference. I always think they're great. And like some of the bigger fights in UFC history have been uh, formed. I was like, we were at one at UFC 217 uh, when TJ fought Cody. And then also there'll be one this weekend when uh, Cyril Gann fights Francis Ngannou. So like, you know I mean? They, they do add a different element. It's also, you know, as a fan, you know, you always sort of know from being in a gym when they were both there, one tends to know who the better guy was and like who got the better of who in, you know, most situationals in training. And 
we don't know as fans you could hear rumors but like you weren't physically there there's probably only a handful about 10 people who knows who got the better of who but then again on the night things can change because you know they've left their gym so they could have adjusted well and some people just aren't the same in the gym as they are competition wise some people are way better in the gym and some people are way better when the bright lights are on them and i think that's always something to keep in mind when you when you look at these you know sort of friends versus foes or just really anybody who competes in the gym it's hard to judge somebody off of how they practice um even i mean that's in any walk of life if you saw our yeah. rehearsals if you saw my rehearsals you would be like how is she ever on tv so i just <laughs> think it's it's sort of like that how do you respond when the pressure's upon you um but i will say you just mentioned francis and cyril you know i did this sit down with francis um a couple of weeks ago that just came out and you'll see you'll see more of it on the broadcast on saturday night but he told me that they barely spent any time training together. They maybe saw each other a couple of times in the gym and trained for a couple of minutes each time. So probably less than an hour total of their life has been spent training together. So I do think that's something to keep in mind when it comes to how well do they really know each other. It's more about Ferdinand, who feels like mm-hmm. he knows Francis um, as his former coach and now knows Cyril as his current coach. Um, so just I, I thought that was an interesting take because I didn't know it was that short of amount of time. I thought it was at least a few weeks or a few months or a whole training camp. They were each other's main partner, but they weren't. So just, uh, just an interesting tidbit to throw out there for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially considering, you know, it's very strange that what they maybe sparred once, twice max. And like there's video footage of that sparring, which is, uh, which is so rare. Cause how often are you actually recording your sparring as opposed to actually just yeah. sparring itself so uh it, exactly. it, it definitely yeah, is how, how can you not take a camera out when those two lads are sparring like those are <laughs> two specimens true true yeah they they really really are and like i think that's what makes ufc 270 so intriguing as well if you if you want to move into that you know obviously um you know this is france's last fight in this contract you know will he stay or will he go like obviously i think three of us would probably hope he stays because francis yeah. gan was an absolute incredible athlete and incredible champion and like the improvement he showed in his last fight against Stipe Miocic like I want to see him fight nearly all the heavyweights in the division and like that's that's what happens as a fan and then obviously Cyril Gann has come into the UFC he's gone 7-0 3-0 last year and he finished his three opponents last year so oh that there's Benny (laughs) someone's at my door so I'm gonna mute that's okay and um Look, I want to see. I want to see who's the best heavyweight in the world. But like, please God, um, Francis Ngannou decides to come back to the table, and we get to see Francis Ngannou fight next year. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm never really interested in this MMA versus boxing, especially when they compete in a boxing only element. I'm just like, like you're at such a major disadvantage. Yes, I can understand the appeal of a once off from a spectacle point of view but if you're talking from an actual sporting point of view Megan I know your family has deep ties in in the history of boxing and like I almost find it you know disrespectful to be sending someone over and representing MMA in a boxing realm when they're not actually training for boxing they're training for something else right yeah I mean I I just I'm just not super into it like I I Mm. wish that it was so I could be a part of all the fun like it seems Mm. like oh everybody's like excited the people who like it really like it it's just I don't know I'm just not that into it because you're right I feel like it's there's so so much Joe's carrying groceries in what a husband (laughs) Uh, there's so much more that they have to prepare for even if it's at for an amateur MMA fight but when you're boxing, that's that's 
that's the thing that you're working on. Now, I understand the discipline that it takes to get to a high level to do it, but I'm just not super into it. Um, but you know, it's funny. I mean, Joseph retired for like two hours and he was already getting emails about people asking him to like do these big boxing matches and just like, what? So I, I don't know. I know the demand for it is there. And I'm, mm. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because boxing maybe has like an older generation of fans and yeah. this is the way to get younger um, sports fans invested in their sport. So more power to them if it is, but I just, I just don't like it because if you ask like one of the highest level boxers to come do an MMA fight, like, whoo, one takedown. And like, I don't know if most of them, I'm not saying all of them, if most of them would be James able Tony. to get up, you know? So <laughs> I just, I'm just not super into it. But like I said, I kind of wish I was because it seems fun. Like it seems like everyone has fun. You know, I agree with you, but I do feel that, um, MMA is a better sport. And when I mean better, I mean it's more fan fan friendly sport to watch. So therefore, like, why would I try and watch a slightly less exciting sport, in my opinion? <laughs> and I don't mean boxing's not exciting, but like when you're seeing someone cross over, like when you saw Woodley versus Paul, uh, I, I watched the first one. I didn't watch the second one. I just saw the knockout. And like I was like, I was like, this is like quite low level boxing. So therefore, why would I be like, don't see this when Tyron Woodley fights in MMA? He's fighting one of the best welterweights in the world. And I'm all in. Yeah, well, like, if you look at the way Francis Ganu is now, like, if you picture the heavyweight champion in the UFC, like, that, Francis Ngannou is, like, is the epitome of what the champion you picture would look like. And then if you're looking at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, the best of basketball, goes to baseball. Like, nobody wanted to see that. You know what I mean? People want to see Jordan Duncan from the half court. So, like, <laughs> Ngannou leaving the UFC, like, people love Ngannou for fighting in the UFC. Like, if he leaves and goes boxing, it's... Yeah, I'm not right. I'm not down for it. I'm not. I'm not down for it. I'll say this: like, if it's their personal goals, like maybe people grew up wanting to box and it just wasn't their thing. If that's Mm. their goals, then more power to you. Like, I hope you reach every goal. So, if you know, if one day Francis is like, well, since I was a kid, I've dreamt about being a boxer, and he puts in, you know, the correct time and work and effort, which I'm sure he would, or whoever we're talking about would do, then I think like more power to you if that's that's been a lifelong goal but if it's if it's not then i think that's where where things can get tricky agreed and always it's it's not always the grass isn't always greener on the other side either yeah and then i also see like what i call these these fake purse on the boxing show like logan paul says he hasn't got paid since he boxed floyd mayweather still and like that was like months and months and months ago so like what yeah apparently so yeah well he keeps on saying it so i'm sitting there going like you get shown this number on a piece of paper and like you might not be getting it as opposed yeah, to at least at least you know your UFC contract that number's entering the bank account at some stage. So like that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Um but yeah please Francis stay in the UFC where we all love you. But like Megan said if your goal is to box Tyson Fury like yes I will watch that also but just don't expect me to be as hyped when uh, uh if you're gonna fight Derek Lewis again or Steve Miocic or Whoever's on the up and up, Fair. who knows? Fair. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar would be good. <laughs> yeah, I love Brock. Why not? Oh, I love Brock Lesnar as well. I was only saying there the other day. I love Brock Lesnar just come back for a fight. I don't really care who he fights, but like, just why not? Like, like it's easy. <laughs> he's one of the only names in the world that you're like, why not? And he's got like a little ponytail now, so like, yeah, it's great. Ponytail, Brock. <laughs> <It is> great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I suppose um, the other big fight. Uh, uh, UFC 270 is the flyweight th- trilogy fight. Uh, it's very rare that we see a trilogy be fought 
back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really intriguing one. Uh, Brandon Moreno, one of the greatest stories in UFC history. You know, he, he made yeah. it the UFC. He got cut from the UFC and he made it back and went the whole way and got the belt. Um, he is. He seems like one of the nice guys. I'm sure you probably sat down and talked to him. And then Devison Figueredo as well, one of the most devastating finishers the flyweight division has ever seen. I love this matchup. I'm really intrigued by it. Um, like everything in my head says that like Brandon Moreno should win. Like sort of from seeing their two personalities, I sort of lean towards Brandon Moreno. He seems like such a sweet kid, but <laughs> Devison Figueredo, he I felt brought life back into the flyweight division when he uh, got the belt. And I'm also never going to fully rule against him winning because he's got that finishing power. I mean, well, first of all, I've known Brandon. Remember, he was Team Benavidez on The Ultimate Fighter Season 24. So I've known Brandon a very, very, very long time. Um, the reason Joe loved having him on his team and was such an advocate for him um, to to get that fight before the season was even done airing was because of his work ethic. And Brandon, what he lost in the first round on The Ultimate Fighter, but he was still, for Joe's team, one of the hardest workers throughout the season. Even though he was no longer in that tournament, he wanted to continue to learn and grow. So I think that is really what's taken him to the position he's in now, which is UFC world champion, is he's always put in the effort and always day in and day out, whether he had the belt or didn't have the belt or whether he was even in the UFC or not. Um, when we talk about Brandon, this will be, I'll plug this becoming a fighter. Our, um, UFC podcast is re is relaunching, um, actually this week and Brandon's our new episode. And so it's definitely really interesting to hear how he even got into MMA, which is through Tekken. So that's a whole nother (laughs) side note, the video game. But then you talk about Davison and I think, I was just talking about this earlier today. I think the best thing he could have done is go to train with Henry Cejudo and his team in Arizona. Um, And I think that for me is like what piques my interest the most about this third fight is because Henry, Eric Albertson, they're great athletes. They're great coaches. They know what it takes to be uh, able to compete at the highest level. So if they're able to sort of insert their influence over him for even things like weight cutting. Um, I think it will be a very interesting five rounds. Um, I, I never make predictions, but even if I could, or if I wanted to, I wouldn't be able to, because I think there's just so many factors in this one, so many new factors, especially for Figueredo that, um, yeah, it's, it's why we watch and you're right. It is really interesting to have a trilogy back to back to back, but the division's on fire. Um, I think that there's so much life actually in pretty much every weight class in the UFC right mm-hmm. now that why not do it now while people are still wholeheartedly interested. And then, you know, whoever wins this one will go on to, to face the rest of the killers in that division. Yeah. And I also think in this division, there's a race between two UK newcomers, Mohammed Mikhaev and Jake Hadley as well. And they're going to be racing up towards the belt at 125 as well. Uh, they're two guys definitely to watch out for. And Jake Hadley was Cage Warriors uh, flyweight champion and EFC, uh, which is the major African promotions flyweight yep. champion. Um, and he actually fought in the contender series. He missed weight, but he still won and got signed. I don't know if you remember that. It was quite controversial. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever missed weight and got signed before. Yeah. But uh, Jake Hadley <laughs> did. Uh, it was his first time, I think, in his career missing weight. But uh, he's definitely one to look out for. And then Mohamed Mikhaev was the IMAF world champion. And he's undefeated 6-0. and um, And he is fighting um, that guy, Cody Durgan, I think his name is. Uh, over. 
yeah, uh, Durden uh, on, well, what's what everyone's claiming to be the UFC London card. Um, whether that happens or not in London, who knows? But uh, on the UK card, we're going to call it because it's the one with all the UK fighters. So uh, yeah. those two guys are definitely ones that we're looking out for from a European perspective. Listen, the last London card I worked in the Apex. So <laughs> <laughs> can I just ask you guys a quick question, right? Uh, when Brandon Moreno became the champion, like the, the pick, when the belt was put up, draped across his shoulder, and like like the, the the emotion that came out of his body was just like so touching. Who else, or what other time when someone became a champion, did you see someone that emotional? Uh, Megan, I'll put you on the spot first. Maybe Michael Bisping. I don't know if I don't know if it was like as visibly emotional to people who don't know Mike. Um, but that really comes to mind for me because of the journey he was on and what was that 10 days notice or whatever. I'm trying to think um, maybe Daniel Cormier. Um, I don't know. You know, what's terrible is like, I've seen a million fights and I feel like I have no memory of like, <laughs> that's, that's what we asked you first. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm trying to, I, uh, for I me, know, when we saw Rose, Rose, Rose. Yeah. Rose. I was going to say Rose. Uh, both times, but like I really like I'm the best. Uh, that one, uh, it was iconic for me. Like, but um, yeah, I, I think Conor became the interim champ yeah, as well. Remember when like, Conor beat Mendes? That was that was oh, very yeah, emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Huge for the country. Yeah. That so was like that. That was a wild night. Vegas, Vegas was on fire that night. Yeah. <laughs> without Conor doing without Conor doing well, that, I don't think we get Ross. Without Conor doing that, I don't think we get the contract either. So like shout out Conor, obviously. Yeah. But that was the same night as McDonald Lawler as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was, I'll never forget that. Cause I walked, yeah, I walked out to the stretcher with Robbie Lawler and he was like, yeah, no, I feel fine. And then, yeah, that was a wild night. Yeah. That was, that, that was, um, Max are seeing them that, um, beat down that Rory McDonald took. Well, they actually both took a beat down, but the way Rory was left afterwards, it, like, it reminded me the way Calvin Cater was left after Max Holloway at, at the start of last year. I was like, oh my God, get that guy to the hospital quick. Uh, but like, yeah, like, the, I think that's why people love the sport. The emotions in it, the emotions that it, 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 it you know, invokes in people is absolutely incredible. Um, I think there's just uh, one more sort of piece of news that we're going to touch on. Basma, was not. I think well, it's was- UFC... Oh, well, just before before we get into anything else, is there any other people or or fights on the card that you want people oh. to make sure not to miss this Saturday night for UFC 270? Oh yeah, actually, uh, Ilya Tapora, uh, he's a sort of Georgian fighter by way of Spain. Well, I think he reps the Spanish flag anyway. Uh, he's a featherweight. He's eleven and zero. He's got ten finishes. Uh, he knocked out Ryan Holland's last fight. He's uh, one of these undefeated fighters that you have to keep an eye on. Especially again from that European angle, that's what we're always looking at. And he looks like he is definitely a force to be reckoned with. So definitely keep an eye out on him. And uh, if you are a betting person, maybe get him, put him down for a finish because uh, he likes a finish. And also, actually, a uh, friend of yours, Cody Stamen's on the card as well. I know he's a close friend of yourself and Joe. So shout out to him too. He's fighting one of the Nurmagomedovs. Yep. Joe will actually be in his corner. So. <laughs> right. Well, we're cheering for Cody then. <laughs> or team Benavidez all day. Listen, I, the only person I've ever cheered for is Joseph Benavidez. So whatever happens in all these other fights happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if if you like very entertaining fighters, make sure to check out Michelle Pereira Lima. Uh, not only can he fight, but he can also dance and fight at the same time. Oh my God, can he ever? We all, yeah. we always love his walkouts. Like we have the best time just watching him walk out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I, I think he's Walker as well. from uh, from the walkout. 
to the to leave the octagon, he's unmissable. A bit like uh, Charles Barnett as well. Yeah, Love yeah, and uh, Cowboy Oliveira. Yeah, oh, definitely. You, there, you know what? There's a, a million to name, name them, really, to be honest. Um, uh, Basel, just, just the last bit of news as well before we wrap things up as well. Uh, it's been official, officially announced that Alexander Volkanovski, the featherweight champion, is taking on the Korean Zombie now at UFC 273. Uh, Megan, like obviously Max Holloway's out of that fight. When you heard Max was out of the fight, like what did you think? And are you happy Korean Zombie is now to t- stepping up to take on the great? Well, when I heard Max was out, I was just glad he was okay. Because you just never know mm-hmm. what it is. You know, it could be as dramatic as like, you know, tearing an ACL. That's going to take 18 months to rehab. Or, you know, oh, I, I tweaked a rib and it's just not going to be ready. It could be a world of things mm-hmm. in between. So I was glad Max was okay. Obviously, um, I know a lot of people were looking forward to that trilogy. Yeah, I love the Korean zombie, zombie booking. I love it for a lot of reasons. Um he, you know, we saw him defeat Danny Gay this past summer and he looked great. But the thing about Zombie is he's always gone on these big runs and he's had this momentum and then something has sort of gotten in the way and made him take a long break, whether it was an injury or he had to be in the army for two yeah. years. Um, and I think he has been through so much in life at such a young age. Like I said, having to do that military service for two years, right? Kind of at right where he was getting to this point in the UFC where it's like, oh, my, when's the next zombie fight? He could be the champion in a year. Um, and then, you know, the long, the long layoff due to injury. I think it's really fun. Zombie got his name because he just continues to move forward and is always out there looking to do whatever he can do to get the win. So I love this matchup. I love working with Zombie. He is always so lovely to be around. He and his team um, – I think personally, it's going to be really fun. And I think it's a new mix up. We certainly, I think, will still get the Max and Volk third fight. And I'm excited for that whenever that should happen. But it is a fight we've seen before. So why not get something completely different? Why not get something completely new and fun and just see what the heck is going to go on? And credit to Alex Volkanovsky for also saying yes to this. And not saying like, well, you know, I'm just going to wait for Max to return. A guy I've beat twice. I, this is like, you know, this maybe a safer bet or whatever, however you want to take it. But yeah. I think we always give credit to the athlete who gets the opportunity and not always to the athlete who also says yes on the other side of the contract. So I think um, I think this is going to – I personally super looking forward to it. I think it could be a really fun stylistic matchup, but also just just a really intriguing fresh new fight at 145. Yeah, that'll be on at UFC 273 as well. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that one either. I think it's, uh, look, Zombie's never in a bad fight, put it that way. Um, exactly. So yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Let's let's see how it plays out. Um, Like you said, I'd rather see Volkanovski stay on a card and fight than hang around and wait because we want to see our champions active. Um, yeah. And then I suppose, speaking of moving ships, um. The Bantamweight co-main event also moved. Um, it is Piotr Jan, the interim champion, fighting Aljamain Sterling, uh, the reigning defending champion. Uh, obviously, you know, I think um, the way the fight ended last time, it left a, a strange taste in everyone's mouth. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how this one plays out. We have a bit of a, well, I'm going to say, a bit of fandom for Piotr Jan because his boxing coach is from Donegal in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Shout out John we, Boy. Yeah, we always uh, sort of lean on that. So uh, we always say Piotr Jan is uh, Piotr O'Jan from Ireland, yeah. <laughs> even though uh, obviously not a lick of Irish to him. But uh, no. look, I will say one thing. Um, 
I think a lot of people like to sort of, you know, rag on Aljamain Sterling and say, you know, he, you know, he threw the belt down and then later that night he was taking photos with his friends, etc., etc. But at, at the end of the day, Aljamain Sterling is one of the top bantamweights in the world. He is the current reign defending champion. And look, he came out with a very strange, well, not strange, but a game plan a lot of people didn't see coming in the first round against um, Jan, and it worked out really, really well. So, obviously, he's got diverse game plans. Who knows what he's going to bring to the table this time? And I don't think there's a bantamweight in the world who takes people's backs better than Aljamain Sterling. So, like, let's see how he goes. He, he's, he's one hell of a backpack. Yeah, he really is. I'm I'm looking forward to this one, and I think you're right. People have been really hard on Aljamain, and it's, he didn't ask to be need in the head like it wasn't mm. like he somehow set it up and it was a big trick um you know it, it's <laughs> what some ha- trick right it's what happened um i think piotr jan one of the most talented athletes on the roster right now one of the most dangerous fighters so it's no easy task for aljamain to defend that belt here um but i i do think you're right like credit has to be given i mean he finished Corey sandhagen so quickly mm. um and you know we've seen Corey in some crazy battles recently and um, I'll be interested to see how this plays out and how much emotion comes into play for both of them. Because obviously Peter's not thrilled, Piotr, I should say, is not thrilled to have lost his belt in that fashion. And I think considers himself still the champion. And then I think Aljamain, you know, hears everything that's being said. So you, there's, there's also not just the stylistic, physical game plan matchup of this, but it's also who's going to keep everything in check who's who's able to you know focus on the things that need to be focused on while they're in there and kind of leave all the noise outside and behind so um there's a lot of aspects to this one i think that'll be a really fun one and it's going to keep bantamweight moving because right now it's a little bit of a log jam there's a lot going on there's a lot of contenders who could be next so i think we'll just see a, a progress in 2022 at 135 I cannot wait for all these events. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, before we wrap this show up, I want to ask both of you as a question as well. Uh, what fighter or fight would you like? Uh, are you looking forward to seeing in 2022? So, like, uh, you, you can pick a male and a female. Um, Megan, we'll put you on the spot again sure. first. Uh, well, definitely female fighters. I'm, I'm going to go with Rose. I think that we were treated to a great fight, a great rematch at MSG. Um, you know, if she fights Carla Esparza again, I think that will be so fun because I remember watching that ultimate fighter finale and Rose just seemed so young and the Rose then to the Rose now is such, I think both, both physically and, um, emotionally and spiritually, she's like a totally different person. So I cannot wait to see Rose back in there. I also just love that people love Rose so much. Like I'll talk to some, especially like when we're in New York, she seems to fight there pretty often. And I have some friends who aren't really UFC fans, but they kind of know what's going on and they love Rose. Like they know that she's fighting. They're excited. She's fighting. So I definitely think Rose Namajunas would be my answer for the women. Let's see. I don't know. Maybe Charles Oliveira. I think, I think it's been really fun to watch Charles's journey. Um, like I said, uh, you know, he's taken a long path. He's had bumps in his road. 145 wasn't necessarily the best place for him. 155, he he did the work. No one can ever say he was handed anything to have his success. So to beat a guy in Dustin Poirier that had such a big year beating your guy, Conor McGregor, um, I think that uh, to see <laughs> no need to what, rub it in now, Meg. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I love the glasses on. <laughs> no, I don't want to make you cry. Um, but I think uh, – 
I think seeing who he's matched up with, because is it going to be Connor? Is it, you know, is it Gaethje? Is it who already, they kind of maybe had some words. I mean, I was with them backstage when, when Justin said hi to him, but um, I think those are my two answers because I, I just think there's a lot of possibilities for their, their own stars to grow. And I also think like there are two really great stories to tell. So that, yeah, that's so Megan's, so Megan's going with Tug Rose, Nami Yunus and Charles Oliveira. Ross, uh, male and the female, please. Oh, Baz, you know I hate following the rules. Uh, look, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing uh, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, she had an incredible year this year. She had three wins, three finishes. Uh, from a European standpoint, I'm looking forward to seeing Casey O'Neill as well. I oh. think they're great. But what I'm actually really looking forward to most in the women is I want to see how Amanda Nunes bounced back from that loss. I want to see her versus Pena. And then I want to see her maybe finally have that trilogy fight with Valentina Shevchenko. I think 2022 is the year that that definitely happens. But uh, me and Barry also love Tug Rose. Who doesn't? Uh, and then in terms of men, uh, I'm dying to see Leon Edwards face um Kamara Usman, I think that's a fight that I'm really looking forward to seeing. And then anytime Hamzat Shemaev steps in that cage, like I'm glued to it. So uh, let's see it. I, I feel like he's uh, the middleweight version of Khabib, um, uh, except he's a bit more mouthy on his uprise. Fair. <laughs> middleweight. Well, well, the weight, middleweight, yeah. whatever weight. Yeah, no, yeah, whatever way he wants. Yeah, yeah Ross, you said, like, I'm looking forward to seeing Valentina Shevchenko back in. Like, who doesn't enjoy watching her dance after a win? And then the smash train that is, uh, uh, sorry, that is Chumayev. That's another person I'm looking forward to seeing in 2022. Um, guys, that's after, like, going through the whole entire show. Um, for everyone that's after tuning in, thanks a million for all your support. Thanks a million for all the messages, for getting in contact with us, like, for wishing us congratulations. Go on to Joey. There's the dapper scrapper right there. Joey, sorry, sorry for taking up your beautiful and lovely wife's time on a Sunday. You guys are amazing. That was fun to listen to. Brilliant. Thank you thanks very much. Oh, Joey, man, Joey. Congratulations on the on the new gig. Oh, you thank you. Appreciate it. that. It's a dream come true, Joey. By the way, did you ever get them next scarves we sent you out? The what? The next uh, what are they called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We did. They went to the office. They were there for like a long time until someone told me there was a box. <laughs> okay. Happens. Happens. Yeah. yeah um, by the way, yeah. Joey, I'm not one for the fashion world. Well, my, my, my missus will tell you I'm not very fashionable, right? But okay. when I watched Dapper Scrappers uh, on, um, on Instagram there the other day, I, I was absolutely hooked on it. And the way you talked through all the outfits, I feel like it should be every pay-per-view, Joey B afterwards talks people through the fashion statements because I, I see them all the time and I'm like you know what I love it I think it's such a, a unique touch and it, yeah. even though like fashion's not my thing I was hooked to it when like you were describing yeah. Usman wearing the red the red uh, blazer with the fur coming out I was like I was like that actually is really really cool I go I need some fashion tips and then obviously Megan's always on point and oh. I, I hear she, I hear she uh, runs runs her wardrobe through you before uh, she goes and uh, does her broadcast. I've seen yeah. the purple suit. We heard all about the purple suit. She's an icon, dude. She's, <laughs> she's a fashion icon. I'm just there. I'm just there to help. She has it all figured out. She bought the stuff herself. She picks the stuff herself. Then I'm just like, basically, like he yeah. ranks them. Yeah. Then- <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we see you two guys at UC London, and you can do a you can do a dapper scrapper for. Uh, the podcasters, that for podcasters, Ross. Dude, Joe's never been to London, so that's why I keep volunteering I to work to the London there. cards, and then they keep coming to Las Vegas. 
for their and game. hopefully Dublin by the end of the year. Hopefully, if we blow up enough, we, we can be the ones to bring a uh, dumb card. Because a uh, shout out to Dean Barry actually as well. He got signed to the UFC there uh, this weekend. He's a world champion kickboxer. He's four and one. He fought his last fight in Titan FC. So, um, hopefully, you guys will get to see him soon too. Legend of a man. Amazing. Awesome, but yeah, but, we got to work on that. We're we're gonna see what we can do with that Dapper Scrappers content because you're right, the world needs it every pay per view. I know, I've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well, exactly. That, that, that would well, guys, thanks a million for joining us today. Um, as I said, it's an absolute honor to have Megan and the, the Dapper Scrapper Joey yeah. Joey Benavidez join us as well. Ross, uh, forever a pleasure. Um, like just give one that like last couple of lines there about how uh, how this means to us as well. Join the UFC team. Yeah, always a pleasure, never a chore, Basmo. Um, yeah, look, I suppose when we started this out, we didn't actually really know what our goal was. We were just doing a podcast, two lads talking to the camera. We're like, we'll see where this can go. I think maybe four years ago, like, right, right, we're going to stick to the MMA. That's our niche. That's what we're going for. We started doing it, you know, I think up until COVID as well. I think we had one or two guests on the show. From a technical standpoint, we were brutal. We didn't really know what we're doing. Then COVID hit and we did 40 <laughs> interviews in 40 days back to back with a guest on each day. And like, I, I feel like that became electric. We felt the buzz. We felt the need to do it. And then as things went on, we're, we got more and more invested in the Irish domestic scene. We wanted to be the go-to guys in Ireland and then the go-to guys in Europe. And look, I think... We've always tried to be positive. We've always tried to, you know, leave an impression on anyone we've ever met. Um, and not by doing anything wild or not by having some sort of shtick or act, just by being ourselves. And I think and I hope people love us for it. I think we've made some incredible contacts and contacts and some incredible friends over the last couple of years within the MMA community. And it is one of the best communities in the world. I love it. I love everyone who supports our stuff. Um we got hundreds of comments on our last post and like one person actually wrote back being like, congrats on the news. Absolutely incredible. But the most incredible thing is that you actually got went and got back to every single person on the post. And like you said earlier, Megan, uh, about the UFC, without the people who actually watch, support, like, share, comment on our stuff, we would be nowhere. So we have to be very grateful for that. And we are very grateful for that. So on that note, yeah, thank you very much. If you are watching this video, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized. Energize, show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.